Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. doing a big thing about this. Uh, I don't know really what you want, Mike. I'm doing this while I'm working. I'm a busy guy. Uh, so how do I uh, wrap up eight years? What do I learn? I guess that's where we're going to go. I'll start off by how it was started. Uh, There's two reasons why Rabbit and Rad started. One, a friend of mine at the time, uh, this guy Tommy, he was a stand-up comic as well. He was doing a show. He was doing a podcast through this site called Blog Talk Radio. And um, I remember doing, I was do the show with him. I'd go to his house and we'd you know, do a two, three-hour show. And during that, I thought, well, I would like to do this, but I, I just don't want to just talk about anything. I feel that's reserved. Like You should be well-known famous. Figured it would be good to have some structure in what could I talk about. And the first thing was horror. At the time, during 2010 – there wasn't a lot of horror uh, podcasts. There's a couple really, uh, really famous ones. And I figured, well, this is 2010. Eight years removed, there wasn't a lot of horror podcasts. One of the really good ones was Destroy the Brain. Um, and so that's how it started. I was like, well, do a horror podcast. And the first person I thought of was Michael J. I always like working with Mike. He could be a pain in the ass just like I am. But somehow we are polar opposites in every way, but we – always seem to work well together. And the second reason was, at the time, I was afraid going up on stage doing stand-up. And uh, something happened years ago. I, I suffered a transamunic attack. It's a small stroke. Uh, minutes, about 15 minutes before I had to go up on stage. And at the time, I didn't know what I was going through. I thought it was anxiety. It, it passed. And three minutes after it passed, I went up on stage. had a great set. But later it was diagnosed. That's what it was. You had a transamunic attack. So I was always correlating from that time period, well, every time I think about going on stage, I would get nervous. So I still wanted to be creative. I wanted to talk in front of a microphone. And podcasting seemed like the easy – like that's the best thing for me to do. I'm not doing it in front of anybody. I, I can do it at home. 
All right, we'll start there. And, man, it, it snowballed really quickly. We started our first show June of 2010. A couple shows in, I um, I asked Mike, through a friend of ours that we both knew, Mike knew him first. Uh, I asked if Alex, who's now better known, uh, the creator of the Skeleton Crew, and he has a Married with Children podcast, for him to be on because he, he knows hard. And Alex took it to a whole new level where I was more like, yeah, we're just going to do this for fun. Alex wanted more production. And at the time I was like, yeah, whatever. But I valued where he wanted that. And I, I truly do. At the time, I didn't appreciate it. And he had a better vision for the show than I did. And all honestly, that's, the, that's a fact. And we interviewed, we were doing interviews, which I thank Mike throughout all the years booking all those guests. What a great thing. That was one thing I appreciate so much from doing Rabbit and Red was what a great excuse it is to talk to people that are famous that you like, I grew up watching them as a kid and now here I am I'm talking to them. There's so many that I just really appreciate it. I, I to this day I can't think of one shit uh, interviewing experience which is really that's something that's shocking. Probably interviewed well over 40 people. And there wasn't one where I go, oh, God, what a, what a jerk off that person was. Everybody was always so nice and calm and uh, and also gave great answers. And I thank Alex, too, for that because one of the first shows he did, I think he came up with the uh, – said, oh, you know, it was, this was in July of 2010. He goes, well, it's uh, Friday the 13th uh, coming up, so we should do a Friday the 13th show, and I can get these guests. And he wound up getting three of them. One of them was Miguel Nunez, so which – Start off the show and talk about also it was kind of a trial by fire when you really want to break it all down. That podcast we did, it was live. We did that stuff live. There was no second take. So that was blog talk radio. It, everything, it was live. And I, I feel if anything, it helped me. I, I appreciate, that's what I wanted too. I didn't want to, have at the time a pre-recorded thing. I wanted everything to be late, to be live. If there was a screw up, you left it in there, and the audio quality was never good. It wasn't on our end; it was just Blog Talk's format. It was just always a, a smaller, compressed format. So that's how it started. And we do a one interview. We send it to Horror Big because there's news at the time about. Um, Evolving what's going to be the next next thing for uh, the next Halloween film at the time. And I figured, well, at the time I was getting most of the news. Same with Mike. We were using horrorbid.com. I, th- I know I sent this clip to, to Horrorbid and Bloody Disgusting. And my intention was... They're going to hear this from a show. They're going to ask, hey, what's your podcast? We'll put you on. What a, like, that's a pipe dream. Well, it worked for horrorbid.com. <laughs> that's how it started. And by the end of December of 2010, we were going to start in 2011 having Rabbit and Red on horrorbid.com, which at the time was a pretty decent site in terms of traffic. And the show, I thought, I thought we were going to be poorly received. I really did. And it turned out it went over really well. And that was a big learning experience. And to put my life in context at that time, 
Started 2011, I was going back to school. I didn't tell anybody. I think at the time, two people knew I was going back to college to get a master's. I, to this day, I always thought, like, well, I tell people I always felt I was going to flunk and be a failure at it. Um, but I had a lot going on, and that was a big, important thing. The show became almost a job, and it sucked in that frame for two reasons. One, it's taken up a lot of time. This is supposed to be fun. And number two, we're not getting paid for this. If it's going to be treated like a job, and I was guilty of that too. I would, I did care about how everything sounded and how everything was produced, and I was the one doing the editing. So it should be good, but maybe a little compensation at the time, but nothing ever happened. And there was some, there was a falling out between Alex and myself, and I was wrong on that. And because we were going to interview Rick Rosenthal, and I did a real, I'm not, by nature, I'm truly not passive aggressive. That's not who I am. And I did a passive aggressive move to Alex, and I said, because Alex wanted to be a part of it. And I hated interviewing people with other people involved because when we were doing the show, Mike's in one, we're not in the same room. So Mike's in one place, Alex in the other, um, my spot, but we're not, there's no video conferencing we're just hearing each other we cannot see what the other person is doing that makes it really difficult so i just wanted to start interviewing people by myself and and honestly i thought i was the best i was the best person to interview at that time i still think that too i thought i was this is what i'm better at i'm better at talking to people and not to i didn't want to screw up the interview but here's the passive aggressive part I, i fucking don't like myself for even doing this um i i said something to alex of well just don't ask him too much about Halloween 2. I got that covered. Pretty much I was telling Alex, I don't think you know much about him like I do. And, uh, but anyway, that's caused, that caused the fight. And then the show became Mike and myself. And two months went by, Alex came back on. During this time, I was talking to Justin, who, who owned Harbit at the time. And I said, hey, you know what? Well, the show's doing good. Uh, maybe we should get uh, – maybe we should look for another podcast. We'll kind of have a network. And he found these uh, – I don't know how it was discovered, but anyway, bring on the show called House of Horrors. And I figured, well, since Rabbit and Red is pretty much established at this point, uh, two guys' names was Joe and Tom. I said, how about they should come on to Rabbit and Red? I can, I can get them over. Because the audience, you know, if the people that are going on horrorbid.com, they like this show, well, they should come on Rabbit and Red. I can talk how, how cool they are, and there's no, there's no competition. It's just, oh, there's two, now there's two podcasts. That was a mistake. Um, um, trigger warning coming up for some of you sensitive people. I know uh, this show is going to be played on a uh, on a site that I uh, that I got kicked off of by something I didn't say to somebody. But uh, both of those guys are fucking faggots. Actually, one is a legit faggot, believe it or not. So I was uh, I was Kreskin back in my day. I don't know if Joe's the real faggot. Or t- I think Joe. Joe's uh, he's he's actually he sucks cock. Good for him. At least he found something he's good at. Hopefully. That would, that would really suck if he's gay and you give bad head. You got more more shit on your plate. Or in your pants. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, they were they were fucking cocky little jerk-offs. And, oh, God, if you listen to that show, it's, hey, this is Joe. This is Tom. Both had fucking awful voices. Like, why is that any bad? I sound like I just survived throat cancer. I get it. Um, I also ate a lot of pussy in my life. Again, most of you guys listening can't relate to that. It's okay. I'm better than you. So 
they reported something that Justin wrote. Justin wrote this article that Halloween 3, at the time, this is going back to June 2011, Todd Farmer was writing Halloween 3. And at this point, Todd Farmer has been actually a regular on the Rabbit and Red show. And Todd Farmer contacts me via text message with the link going, hey, what's up with this? Todd thought I ran Harbin. I lied, which I didn't run Harbin. And I lied, didn't give Justin's name. I said, oh, I was some new guy, wrote the article. It's going to get pulled down. Don't worry. I, am, I apologize. By releasing that information of saying Halloween 3 is greenlit, when it wasn't, actually does occur, does a, can occur a major rift in Hollywood. That really is screwing with somebody's money. I don't know much about Hollywood, but I got that lesson that day. Todd was actually very nice. and I mean, he could have motherfucked me. Because he thought I was I was the guy who wrote that, and I didn't. But he was actually very cordial about the whole thing, and everything was solved, and we were cool. Uh, by this point, the show was pretty much done. I didn't know this at the time, but Justin was playing Mike and Alex against me, and he's trying to play me against Mike and Alex, and going back and forth, and pretty much saying the same thing. It's like if you're trying to fuck a girl, and you also want to fuck her friend, that's what he was doing. Like, oh. You know, you're so much better than her, and oh, I don't know what you see in her, and I really want to be with you, and you're saying the same thing to the girl. That's what Justin was doing. But you live and learn. And um, oh, I can't believe I just fucking said that. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, after that, uh, Rich Style, who uh, runs the devilseyes.com. What? You never heard of it? Neither did anybody else. Uh, he was very nice, though. He, uh, he offered to put the show on there. I quickly said, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it just was going to be Mike and myself. And then Ryan Lewis, who is really nice, reached out, and he got the show on to michaelmyers.net. And up until about, I want to say February, March of 2012, it was going well. And then Mike and I had our little falling out. And also, I wasn't – I explained to Mike I'm, I'm working a lot, and I think Mike – Mike's only thing at the time is he had no job. This was his life. And he's looking at me of going, well, he doesn't care about it. And I, I could see where Mike's coming from, but he was still wrong in the whole thing. And also I wasn't in the right either. Cause I'm not full. I'm explaining that I have work and I did explain that back at school. I did want up telling him, but he just got in a pissy match and he winds up, you know, dropping out midway through a show. And I just finished up the rest of the show. And I think after that, I just I started getting other people on there, and I kept the show going for a while. And I got tired of it. And it was only until taking enough time off, I wanted to start something different. And that's what I do now. I hardly do it, but I just do it now for fun. It's back to the roots. That's what I learned in eight years of when it started. Was And a lot of things have changed. Uh, one, I think I'm definitely a better person. I'm a lot more mature. I think I... I appreciate everything that has gone on. I know I found my voice, both in stand-up and in doing a podcast. I've always just, like, never holding back. And I I loved when I could just, I turned what should have been just strictly a horror podcast. And it was to help with others who got it, where we're probably talking about horror 30% of the time. Let's talk about other things, too. Because I don't understand how you can only do one show strictly about one thing and not you should, to me, you have to reveal who you are. You have to be honest. You know, embrace your flaws. If you, you know, whatever, whatever's weird about you, just talk about it. And that's why I don't, I don't like a lot of the people who 
who are involved in horror podcasts. I just go on Facebook pages. A lot, of, a lot of you guys are fucking weirdos. Straight out, just fucking pussies. Little beta males, just, you think your shit doesn't stink, but you guys suck. And you have, like, there's no originality. That's what pisses me off. And nobody's, everybody thinks they're so fucking cool, but you're staying motherfuckers who got stuffed in a locker in high school. And that's what I, I can't connect with the majority, I feel, of the horror community. Look, I don't go to conventions, dress up as the characters. That's not me. I don't think you're weird for doing it. I think that's pretty fucking cool. And like, if that's who you are, that's fucking awesome. Because you're being yourself. I just don't want to be associated with these just pussies who think like you say got a couple people or retweet them like, hey, great show. That goes to their head like, oh, I'm really I'm making a difference. You're fucking not. You're like have some humility. Look in the mirror. Jesus Christ. Like that's what I that's what it turned into, it seems. Yeah. And that's what I don't want to be associated with. And it, it does piss me off in the eight years of what I've seen of you know with in the context of a horror podcast, and yeah, I will say it now, uh, if there's any heat, have it go to me. The I get I can't go on a site because I hurt somebody's feelings, even though the comments I made were not directed at this person. It wasn't directed towards anybody. But I can't go on a site because I hurt somebody's feelings. It's a fucking horror. You're about fucking horror. That's what gets to me. You're now about censoring and we should all support each other. Motherfucker, no. Be who you – if you don't like somebody, fuck them. Don't, either don't say anything or motherfuck the person. If you're a horror fan, you got into horror not because the shit was polite. Nobody said – I like how Jason uh, asked the person where they should uh, – where he should stab them with the machete before he did it. I thought, no, how does how does the horror community, and it is a community, turn into a bunch of fucking pussies? I'm not saying you should like be savages, but goddamn, stop censoring people. It's fucking horseshit. You'd be his first little motherfucker who would get on the internet and tweet out, we should petition this film because they're, they don't want to show it because it was too violent. And yet you want to censor people from what they can talk about. That's what pisses me off now about podcasting in general when it comes to horror especially. Hopefully this doesn't get banned. And if it does, go fuck your fucking self. I'm not saying to be some kind of tough guy. I know I'm tough. God damn, just it should be fun. And if you get riled up, get riled up. Fucking talk about it. Be who you are. And if there's any advice, if you're going to take – if I can give advice, if you're going to do a horror podcast, one, know who you are. Embrace everything who you are and be different. If you know you're different, embrace it. That's what you should be doing. Don't be like everybody else. Don't. Be who you are. Embrace everything that you are. Stand out from everybody else. If you get some heat, oh well. If people like it, that's great. But it shouldn't fucking phase you or make you change who you are. Talking to that mic with conviction, believe what you say. Don't try to kiss anybody's ass just to please a certain demographic you're trying to get to because they're not going to care about you either or when they figure you out anyway. So hopefully I'll be around in uh, two years when they do a 10th anniversary. I don't know why we're celebrating on the 8th. I, anyway, all right, that's it. Uh, keep enjoying Rabbit and Red. And honestly, thank you for all the support people have given me and given that show. And I am very thankful for all the people I've made friends with and came in contact with. 
it really has been surprisingly a lot of fun in that regards. And I do truly appreciate that very much. Take care. fades, the vision dims, all that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, wasted land, but most of all, I remember the podcasts, the man we called Witch. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time. A time when the doomsday clock ticked ever closer to Armageddon. You can still find The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock podcast by searching for WYCH on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Memories may decline, but movies live forever. Welcome to a very special Rabbit and Red Radio. Special. I'm your... Yes. Shut the fuck up. I, I was just am, saying special. Yeah. I am your current host, John Rhodes, and with me, as always, is one of the creators, one of the masterminds behind this show that has spawned so much... Oh, well, Vince isn't here? Shit. Well, well I guess yeah. I just have Michael uh, J. Well, they just heard Vince. I mean, he really got into it uh, pretty well there. Um, that was a nice breakdown. He got into the unpleasantness. That was our falling out, you know, just a little bit there. Uh, but I like how you say current host because it makes it sound like you have one foot out the door ready to be... Um, shoveled off into the abyss, sir. Well, no, it's just, you know, with us kind of being here, looking back over the last eight years, yes. Rabbit and Red hasn't had the best track record with maintaining a host. Yeah, but that's only because, <laughs> that's only because certain people um, didn't do the best job with maintaining the upkeep of the show, unfortunately, which is why 
um, the, the, the sadness, um, that is, uh, you know, losing all of the horror bid, uh, days stuff. It is it is kind of sad that the history is gone, but the fact that this show is still going eight years strong is a testament upon itself uh, about the power of the show. I mean, you know, plain and simple. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I I mean, a lot of people have told me over the years, you know, for a variety of different reasons to go fuck myself, go kill myself, I should just die. And a lot of those people, I don't believe, realize that if it was not for Rabbit and Red or my falling out with Vince that caused me to leave Rabbit and Red in 2012, that, you know, certain shows that they know and love, even today, would not be around. Are you talking about the morbidly made? Uh, oh wait, nobody knows about that. That's right. Well, obviously they do now. They said <laughs> that. You know, um, right, and, and you know you do get shit on a lot, even by myself, by Vince. I mean, you're you're kind of just the show's mm, little abuse monkey, but oh, in, in I, all I think actuality, a word for it though. Um, I can't think of it though, but yeah, I I like the idea of abuse monkey. <sighs> You know, I kind of, it's weird because it's like I, I, I took over this thing and, and, and Vince for years would call me um, uh, super producer and I know that that was a term that he used like jokingly and obviously, you know, but I don't know, in some ways I guess I did um, with, with getting guests and all that because it's not always easy. I mean, you see even now how it is to get uh, certain people um, guess coming up in a few weeks <clears throat> how long it took me to get that person oh my god I've been working on them for years and they finally <clears throat> said yes so yeah I I mean people don't give you enough credit and I right here right now in all honesty want to give you an ass ton of credit, Mike. You uh, you deserve you, you deserve a lot of, of a lot of praise. In all honesty, because you're the heart of Rabbit and Red. Don't when let it Vince boils that, right, he will, he will disagree. I mean, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to say when it boils right down to it. You, your enthusiasm and your drive to to always get guests and 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 you're always pushing me to come up with different things and. You know, we're bouncing ideas off each other. It's kind of your enthusiasm for it that, you, that you, drives me and keeps me going, that keeps yeah, me enthusiastic, yeah, too. You have to admit, you have to admit, sometimes with the guests, it's got to be, you know, you're like, oh, really? That one? No. <laughs> uh, those are usually the ones that I say no to. Right. But, and, and see, and that's the thing with, with, with Vince in, in the beginning it was great because he would just like take whoever I got but then after a while I know he said it um, during his segment that he didn't think that there was an interview that he uh, you know didn't enjoy or didn't appreciate and I can think back to a time that you know there was definitely an interview that he was totally against I don't remember if we actually did the interview or Actually, you know what? The interview was scheduled. 
it was going to happen. And I forget why, but at the last minute, I think it ended up getting canceled in some way, shape, or form. And I think that was probably because um, there was the language barrier there. <laughs> because there was a point... Um, you scheduled when, an interview with a language barrier. Well, because when we were on Harbin, <laughs> when we were on Harbin, um, Justin, who used to run it, would give me... I mean, I would still obviously get guests I had, like I have now, IMDb Pro. It's like 20 bucks a month, and it gives me access to um, celebrities, managers, agents, sometimes a direct line to the actual celebrity themselves. Um, but, you know, Justin would still pass me along, like, um, promotional stuff, like, for interviews and stuff like that, if he would get them. Because he would always do, like, like text things for the site. You know, like, not audio shit, but just, like, text things. Yeah, like, articles. Yeah, right. So, there was a movie, I believe, called Zombie Farm. And he's I've like, okay... He's like, well, you can get, you know, a screener, you can watch it, whatever. Because this is back when, when, you know, we would get, like, DVDs or Blu-rays, um, you know, for screener purposes. Now it's more so digital stuff. They don't really send... Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. They don't really send discs in the mail now, but, yeah. Um, so, I remember we got it. I don't think I watched it, um, the movie beforehand. I don't think Vince watched it. But we realized, before the interview was going to start... That the movie Zombie Farm was done by a person who was Spanish. And that all this person could understand was Spanish. So, here we are. Mr. Super fucking producer at work. And it's maybe, (laughs) yeah, it's maybe like about a half hour before the interview is supposed to start. And we're scrambling around, and Vince is wondering how the guy is going to understand what he's trying to say, or any because I really didn't talk during interviews back then at all. So you, you still really you know. don't. But... And the thing is, I didn't even talk back then. I didn't even talk for the prep stuff. You know how like now when I when we get people on the phone, I'll like do the prep and I'll get them on and I'll like say and I'll introduce you. Right. Like back in back in the other days, all I did was like fucking email with these people. And maybe maybe I talked to a manager or a publicist on the phone. But as it turned like when they would call the show for the actual interview, I would shut the fuck up. I would not say a word and Vince would be the one, you know, they would call asking for Mike, but Vince would be like, "Well, yeah, I'm, you know, I do the stuff because I was like huddled in the corner on my bed. Uh, Too nervous. I can't. I can't. It's it's Daniel Harris. I I can't. I can't talk to her. Oh, that one interview when I did talk to her though, it was believe me, I was nervous and shaking the entire time. (laughs) I really was. But the but the thing with this farm thing or zombie farm, I remember. I think the guy called. And we either didn't answer, or we answered. I I can't remember if we answered, and we just hung up, and pretended that the call got disconnected, <laughs> or if we just didn't answer the call. 
But I, I'm glad to see that we've made progress since then. Right. But either <laughs> way, and this is this is like maybe 2011. This is like when we write, you know, the beginning of Harvard. So, you know, and I think I emailed the person's um, manager, or handler, or whoever I was talking to, and I said there were some difficulties with the phone. Um, we'd like to reschedule if possible, and I never heard back from them after that. So. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh. But thank that's God. That's an interesting we, story. We can't do subtitles on a phone interview, so. Yeah, I, wow, Mr. Fucking Super Producer. Jesus Christ, Yeah, Michael. but that's, that's why when I said, when I heard it in Vince's segment earlier that he said that there was an interview that he really, you know, there wasn't an interview that he wasn't all for and didn't actually enjoy it may it triggered my memory and i was like wait a minute there was one there was definitely one and that was it the zombie farm director and you know we've continued that tradition with interviews and uh, i really have to say uh just like vince there's not been one that i haven't enjoyed and uh I think that we usually are able to bring something different or at least entertaining to the interviews. I would agree with you on some levels, definitely. On some levels? On some levels, yes. Oh, fuck you. Some levels. Jesus Christ. I Come on. These interviews that we've done are fucking great. R.A., that was a great interview. Yeah, no, Linnea was good. Linnea was also good. Um, right. I'm I'm looking forward to the next interview because I think that that's going to be, you know, I really oh, think that that's that's going oh, to be. Oh, you the best actually, yet. you actually meant your interview. Oh well, my interview was fucking spot on, top notch. I think I blew you and Vince both out of the water with that one. And Alex, mind you, I think I blew everybody that was ever involved with Rabbit and Red out of the water with my interview skills with that last interview wow okay well you you can take the next you're you're just the interview man from now on have you have you listened to that interview yet or no no okay well then see then you can't judge it because you haven't heard it i know you mike but i i think we should let people in on a little bit of a secret it's it's not really an interview when you've been friendly with the person for how many years? But technically, I haven't really been that's, friendly. That's more like, of I a conversation. I haven't been over to his house for tea. Um, I haven't done that. We've only talked, like, you know, via Facebook or email or actually, well, before the interview, we, you know, we talked on the phone, like, the day before the interview for a while, just going over yeah. things. But, you know, it was... It's still somebody that you are, are associated with. Plus, you know, he does enjoy Halloween and... Yeah, Halloween but six, we, we are Halloween definitely going to have to see... the Halloweens, so... <laughs> we are definitely going to have to see how you do on the next interview. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to talk to the next person. I think I would be too intimidated and too nervous. No, you got it. I'm just going to sleep in. It's I'm, all I'm, I'm you. not going to do it. I will. <laughs> I will hang up the phone when they call. Okay, so, uh, you know, we joke around a lot, and uh, this is this is a, a little bit of a special show. 
where we're kind of remembering the impact this show has had on us. And I, th- I think it, it's speaking for itself that it's been around for eight years. And like I said multiple times, this is the show that got me introduced to podcasts, that really got me into it. And I'm just honored to be a part of it now. Um, and uh, I think we've got some really interesting stuff lined up in the future as well. And, uh, you know, we have... Um, more guests lined up, um, more people going to come in and uh, guest host with us. Um, But I I think the big thing to kind of unveil right now would be our plans for the summer. What do you think, Mike? Uh, John's doing a spinoff showcase now. (laughs) Well, uh, no, our big plans for the summer would be uh, that... This month, through August, so July and August, people. Yes, July and August. We will Maybe, be doing... You know, what? you know what? Fuck it. Maybe, because summer doesn't technically... Fall doesn't arrive until September 21st. Yeah, you're getting too ambitious there. Maybe we can drag it into September a little bit. I don't know. Maybe. I, you, you know me. Uh, once things are set in place, I have a real hard time change in that like i i'm very plan oriented so right now the plan is july and august we are going to be doing slasher summer and what that basically means is we are going to be diving into the 88 films slasher classics collection and maybe one or two others and uh one uh, a show possibly two and really just diving into them talking about the film and kind of the product that 88 has offered oh because i love i love 88 films anybody that 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 knows me i know on the group page even my own personal facebook page i pimp 88 a lot because i love 88 and I would love he to says get the that? guys that run that that run eighty eight on the show during Slasher Summer, and I'm gonna work on that. I think for the uh, either this month or next month. So he says that people, but the big reason that we're doing Slasher Summer is so Mike has an excuse to actually watch some of them because he hasn't. <laughs> well, not true. Well, no, that's not true. I watched them when they were on VHS, and I actually watched movies. Well, the 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 first one <laughs> that we're covering on the, the first edition, yes, that is true. The first edition. <laughs> on the first episode of Slasher Summer, I'm sorry. Um, yes, that is true. I haven't seen that one since I had the VHS. And okay, so how many of the actual 88 film releases have you watched? Have I watched? Let's see. Um... Okay, so before this, how many of the the slasher classics releases? Let's see. Right, right. I watched... The actual slasher classics, not another Blu-ray version of it or anything like that. You got it. Um, I've watched um, Offerings, which I don't believe is on the list for Slasher Summer. And I've watched um, Splatter University. So two of them. But you love their product. And I own... There are right now there are thirty six slasher classics collection releases. I own thirty of the thirty six at this point. Okay, I can't talk too much shit then. So at least you are supporting them. Yes. <laughs> 
But yeah, that is our big plans for right now. And uh, I believe also there are some plans for uh, special episodes possibly throughout here. But um, really with this anniversary, really just kind of celebrating the history of the show. And I've said it a lot. It's an illustrious one it's long lasting eight years for a podcast that's fucking impressive granted you know none of the hosts have really lasted that entire time that's the not attacking oh jesus not not always due to their their uh own doing vince i'm looking at you uh but the fact that we've kept it going that that people still listen that that's impressive you know that that means something, and with this one, we're we're trying to remember the past in, in a in an interesting way. Um, you'll hear here in a little bit uh, a previous uh, a previous version of Rabbit and Red uh, when it was Rich Styles hosting and myself as the co-host. Do you and mean Rich Style? That's what I said. You said Styles. You added an S to it, like from Teen Wolf. I don't. I don't know why. Every time I'm saying his name, I, I think of Teen Wolf too. So that's yes. probably partly it. But do, do, um, do you want him to drive the van, and you get on top because you do have you know hair with dude, your mountain, I would, I would like beard. Fucking do that in a heartbeat. If everybody had an ocean across the USA, see. That's Dude, you, you know how I feel about 80s music, too. Okay, asshole. That's the Beach Boys, I know, but that's come on. That's 80s music thing, Matt. That's that's the Beach Boys, I know. Surfing but, USA. Ding, 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 ding. Inside, but, outside, USA. Ding, 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 ding. If you'd shut the fuck up. Teen Wolf took place in the 80s, had some cool music in it, and of course we'd be blaring some awesome fucking 80s music instead of Fucking Beach Boys. Horrible choice for the movie. Anyway. Oh, I like Beach Boys. You also like a bunch of bullshit. I do. I had to wake up early just to watch Father Knows Best. I'm missing Father Knows Best just to record right now. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> um, but as I was trying to say, me and Rich Style uh, kind of rekindle that and, and do almost an entire episode like we used to do so you kind of get a little reunion of what rabbit and red was before well before (laughs) you and vince picked it back up for what the previous anniversary right um was it the previous one yeah i believe it was yes yeah because at the current time back then we were talking quite a bit about rabbit and red old school versus new school and we were going to do something like that and we just kind of ended up going with uh rabbit and red classic and you guys kind of took it back over you had fun with it and vince had his issues and kind of asked me to step in so but it's a it's a fun segment i hope you guys enjoy what rabbit and red had been and i do believe there are plans in place for a rabbit and red reunion where it would be the classic members, right, Mike? The classic members, which I'm sure that Alex probably, I mean, not Alex, Vince probably feels that I will back out at the last minute. I will not. 
I am fully on board with this. I will be ready to do it. It is supposed to happen within the next few weeks here, so we'll have to see how that all goes. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Um, I'm a little disappointed that you guys couldn't join us on this show. Uh, I was, we were trying to plan things out, but you know, when you're involving this many people, it becomes kind of hectic, and you it know, everyone more hectic and, and troublesome than it needs to be. Yes. Right, and everyone has their own personal lives and their own things going on. So, um, I'm really looking forward to hearing from uh, both you, Vince, and of course Alex. Uh, him and I have had our issues in the the past, but the past is behind us, and uh, you know I, I'm looking forward to it. As uh, as am I, kind of just because I'm I'm very curious to to see how things would play out. Um, if we actually do do it, which, like I said, it's supposed to happen. So, but I'm very interested to hear how things are going to play out. I, I think I think it's going to be uh, really fun to to hear the the three of you guys get back together and, and attempt this one last time. We're getting the band back together. Hey, it's like it's like the la- you know what? It's, it's kind of like, like the last drive-in, yeah, right? Yeah, maybe we should call it the last drive-in in red. <gasps> oh shit! No, that's stupid. The last R.I.R. We should save that for the actual last rabbit in red. I don't think there's ever going to be a last rabbit in red unless I die. Well, I'll carry on without you. I can get a co-host. Yeah, but do you think anybody really can do me? You know? Uh, Well, I'm just hoping somebody can actually be a competent co-host. Oh, competent one. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Wise ass. Well, yeah. So, while Mike crawls back in his little fucking gimpy cage and jerks his tiny little penis to his sad, sad life because he's never had sex in eight years. Well, it's not that I've uh, never had sex. I just haven't had it in eight years. Right, right. So it's it's a vague memory of something that had happened to him at one point in his life yeah. before he became the sad shell of a man that he currently is. But I can't even bother to silence his cell phone. <laughs> Hold on, I'll be there in a minute. It, it, it's not hard, Mike. You, you turn the volume off and then it goes brr, brr. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, just like the vibrator that uh. you use. Ah, yeah, when I stick it up my asshole, I see. Yeah, 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 just like that. Yeah. So, Mike's gonna go cry in his little gimpy cage about how pathetic his fucking life is. Yeah. And we are going to hear from one or two people um, before we get into the uh, the classic style, the throwback style, I guess. Um, mostly because uh, Mike is incompetent, and we apologize to everyone that actually did try and get a hold of us that did try and contact us through our phone line but it's just simply down Um, now it's not down but it was down prior for some fucking reason right so the entire time that we were announcing it and asking you people to call in it was down because mike's incompetent and a super producer it's skype's fault not mine right so as i previously said enjoy the couple messages that we were able to get or 
you know, people sent in to us because we couldn't get messages. And uh, enjoy the the classic style. Um, and we will be back next week, probably. Well, hopefully. no, this week. Later this Whatever. week. Whatever. Whatever. We will be back kicking off Slasher Summer with Alice, sweet Alice. You fucking person giving away the title. Who gives a shit? With Alice, sweet Alice, and... You know, back to a normal fucking format. Back to Rabbit and Red In Radio. Red, not and Red. So, there you go, people. I hope you guys enjoy. If you actually slog through the entire thing, good on you. And I'm just going to say goodbye right now because I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back to say goodbye after all that. It, this, this is it, people. He's going to Stay bed. Stay spooky. He's, spoke, he's smoking his yeah, cigar. He's going to sleep. And I'm going to hit the snooze button and pull my putter until I fall asleep. Wow. guys this is cool from Revit red radio i used to be a co-host quite a few years back with vince and rich and mike and uh even john i think a couple times was on the show uh i got invited on to con- congratulate Revit red radio for making it for eight years but let's be honest since i haven't been on the show the show's been dead for the last five years but for some reason, John and Mike decided that they needed to continue on with the show, and uh, for that I say congrats, guys. Uh, it's, it's been awesome. I get to listen in every once in a while. I'm glad you guys are doing uh, uh, interviews again. That was one of my favorite things that Vince used to do back in the day until he got too big-headed and <clears throat> didn't want to do interviews anymore. Uh, you know, going back through the catalog of interviews, there's been some great guests on the show, and uh, there's a lot of thanks to, that, to Mike. I did a lot of hard work getting the guests and, and doing it all. So thank you, Mike, for that. And uh, just thank you, John and Mike, for continuing on the show. Um, maybe one day I'll be back co-hosting again and, and, and being involved again. I miss doing it. Um, and, you know, I I do remember back in the day when Rabbit Red was on Horrorbid, and Horrorbid and Rabbit Red had that little falling out, and I wrote in that article, and then... Uh, 
crazy things happened after that, and that's kind of where it's led to us now. So um, it's been a fun eight years. Uh, it's been fun listening. It's been fun being on the show. Um, it's it's interesting to see where the show is going to go in the next eight years. Uh, who knows? Vince might be dead. Uh, I might have a kid. You never know. It's eight years from now. We don't know where we're going to be. But uh, again, congrats on the eight years, guys. Thanks for uh, inviting me on to come do a little two-minute segment or however long this ends up being. Uh, appreciate it and uh, look forward to hopefully one day being back on the show and uh, enjoying the show again. Thanks, guys. This is Cody. I just wanted to call in and say, hey, that uh, I really enjoy Rabbit and Red Radio. Very awesome. John, he's a goddamn professional. He does great with the show. Mike, on the other hand, Michael J. We'll call him Michael J.O. Because that's all he does is jerk off all the time instead of making sure his goddamn answer machine system is working properly. Because I tell you what, I've been trying for the past three, four days in a goddamn row to call in and leave my message for this show because that's how goddamn important it is to me. But Mike's over there jerking off the horse porn for all I fucking know, and he's not getting it working. So, I don't know what to tell you, Mike. You can learn how to walk better, grow some hair, learn how to host your fucking show better. I don't know, or else maybe they'll have to replace your ass with someone else. And uh, get a better fucking answer machine system, and that's really about it. But uh, other than that, I love Rabbit and Red Radio. I've always had a good time on the show with these guys. Uh, it's uncensored, it's raw, it's uncut, and uh, pretty much under the sun that could be discussed. And uh, man, I look forward to coming back uh, again and again. Thank you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a blast from the fucking past. It's Rich Stout back on the microphone after, what, a year and a half hiatus. And again with me is the only person who I ever feel like doing a fucking show with is John Rhodes. Yeah, it's actually really good to be back in the passenger seat with you, Rich. Uh, kind of nice not to have the pressure of hosting, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. I definitely get that. <laughs> Especially whenever you're hosting and, oh, fuck, dude. I think Vince sent it best, like... Trying to bounce a ball off a spiked wall. <laughs> I, I listened to that episode, and I just fucking... Dude, I started pissing myself laughing. Because Mike is very hard to work with. Like, his intentions, so good. I, I do think, though, that him and I work together quite well. We've had a on-again, off-again working relationship for quite a few years now, so... Dude, I want to say that your interviews are fucking killer. Thank you. The interviews are really fucking good. You've gotten some great interviews, you know, over the past, what, like six months, would you say? Oh. Uh, like six months now? Or has it been longer? Because my judgment of time is terrible. Oh, man. The older I get, yeah, my, my judgment of time is all fucked up, too. But, yeah, well, let's say the last seven or eight months, something like that. I, I, I appreciate that because, you know, when I first started doing interviews, I was ridiculous. 
ridiculously fucking nervous. I was actually drinking while doing the interview just to build up the courage to do it. And I had done so much fucking research. Every single question, everything I had was laid out word for word. And it was ridiculous. At this point in time, I do no prep whatsoever. And uh, half the time, I'm asking Mike before we're going, who it is again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. From from this movie? Okay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah, well, at least Mike hasn't got you any like weird interviews where it's like you're interviewing the third guy to the left in the background of that one movie and he's got to tell you all about what it was like being a background extra. There have been conversations and usually I just shoot them down because I have no interest of wasting my time talking to that person. You know, that that's a big <laughs> reason why... I haven't done an interview in a year and a fucking half is I, I got into it because I was forced into it. Then I find out I like it. Right. So I like it. So I get to interview the people that I wanted to interview. Well, now there's only maybe four or five more people who I actually want to interview as opposed to people who I have to interview in order to push whatever the fuck it is they're pushing. But it's like the only people left is, Robert England is the only person I would want to sit down and talk with. And then there might be three other ones I can't think of at this moment, but last on my list is Robert England. Uh, let's see. For me, um, top of the list has to be John Carpenter. I know I'll never get him, but God, I would love that opportunity. Yeah, that would be fucking awesome. But again, I'm not Robert Rodriguez. So I know I have no way of ever getting to sit down. And it, that see, that's like an interview you would want to do face-to-face. Yeah. You would want to sit down in a room just watching him fucking smash coffee, chain smoke, telling you these crazy-ass <laughs> stories about being on, you know, an ice drift while shooting the thing. Yeah, well, we found this fucking glacier and freezing our asses off up there. Kirk gets naked, grabs the skis, and is like, watch this. That's another thing. His commentaries are fucking... I love those. When it's uh, him and Kurt Russell talking, I'll sit there and listen for hours on end. Yeah, he would be the top one I want, though. Um, But really, I, I'm open to anyone that I think is interesting and has a good story. Like, um, oh, we were shooting for Kane Hodder, but Kane was busy shooting, so his manager said, well... Due to the inconvenience, you can interview, you know, any of the other people that I have that's available. And that's how we got uh, R.A. Yeah. Which uh, R.A. Dude, that's my favorite leather face. Yeah. And that's I, I made a point of bringing up that so many people love his performance and everything. And, and I really enjoy talking to the guy. And even I, after we got off the air, I come to find out that he's actually from around the same area as me and wants to retire around here. It's like, fuck, man. Really? Yeah. And then, That's uh, wild. See, the yeah. best people come out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Oddly enough, during the interview, we were probably about an hour apart. And it's like, fucking seriously? I could have just drove to your house, man. Dude, that would have probably been a <laughs> lot better. The interview itself, though, was really fucking good. I did like that one because when I seen that you had RA on, I was like, I got to listen to that one. Yeah. And then, uh, honestly, my favorite one that I've done lately would be Linnea. Ah, uh, that was such a fun interview, such a great interview. I and, and we were talking off air. It was just 
I had so much fun with that. I, I really, really liked talking to her. And uh, I look forward to doing it again. I purposely left out questions and things I wanted to touch upon just so I could talk to her again. See, if, now, if I could go back and interview a couple people, I would. Like, I would like to do another hour with, like, Elvira. Oh. And, like, just talk more about her as a person as as opposed to the character. Which we did touch on a lot of just, like, her personal life and, you know, everything that she's accomplished. But there's stuff I'd like to know about, like, whenever she did, like, Playboy and stuff, if anybody ever offered her, like, an absurd amount of money to, like, do the character of Elvira in Playboy or some shit like that. Oh, I guarantee. And yet she's never done it, so did you do that to, to, like, maintain the integrity, or did you want to just keep it separate? And it was like, no. But I I feel like Elvira, the character, would be down for something like that. I I definitely feel like she would be. So that would be something, and honestly, she could probably still do it. Well, I don't know. Is there even fucking nude magazines anymore? I have no idea, man. I I heard a rumor that Playboy was bringing back nudes, but I have yet to see it. And that, the only time I get in a bookstore is when I go and grab Horror Hound. (laughs) I couldn't even tell you the last time I purchased a magazine. Well, speaking of magazines, Fangoria is coming back. Yeah, that is great news. Yeah, so the last time we talked, Fangoria, it was just, like, fucking broke. But it's nice to see that somebody, you know, purchased the the IP and is going to do something with it, even though it's only going to be a quarterly now. Yeah, but still. Yeah, it's it's better than nothing. But at the same time, it's like, eh, I'm probably not going to buy that because Horror Hound has been the thing that I buy since yeah, I get start. That. I, I want to say it was, like, issue 15, 18. That I got in on it. And I was like, oh, you know what? This is pretty good publication. <laughs> I do. And I save them too. Like, I try and read them very carefully. And then uh, I bought those magazine sleeves. Oh, yeah. So I Keep back them, them in it. Yeah. Oh, I do. In a, in a case, everything. <laughs> don't get don't get light on them because you never know. Yeah, you, yeah that's and the, true. And the artwork on the covers is fucking beautiful, dude. They have the best covers. Every now and then it will be something stupid because they're getting paid to promote a movie. But when they actually get an artist and they're like, here, knock it out of the park, they fucking succeed. What else have we missed out on over the past year? See, it, we it, stopped doing a show. You and Mike picked back up the show. I mean, the show has revolved well, actually, around the same group of like six people for, what, eight years now, you say? It has been a thing that that's kind of floated back and forth between people and it, the history of it is, is what really drew me to becoming the host because it's what first got me into podcasting. It was the first show I listened to was this one right here, rabbit and red. And uh, I remember when Vince came back with Mike after you and I had kind of quit. I don't even remember why it just kind of ended up. We that just way. didn't have time. Right. We tried to schedule something, and then it just I was didn't like, work. eh, I don't got time. You're like, eh, I don't got time either. We're like, right. don't worry, we'll get back to it. So here we are <laughs> 16 months later. <laughs> but uh, Vince and Mike picked it back up, and then Vince wasn't able to do it anymore and actually asked me to come in, so it just didn't die. And yeah, that that's a responsibility that I felt I, I couldn't let happen. I mean, this was the first podcast that I fell in love with, and, you know, I I felt it was my 
responsibility to kind of come in and take on the hosting duty. So, no, that's very admirable. I hate seeing that this thing even lay dormant as long as it did, because uh, same here, it was, it's the same thing. Like a podcast, I was like, "What the fuck's a podcast?" That's <laughs> that's how old this show is. Like, what the hell is that? Uh, it's a show where they talk about fucking movies and horror and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a listen. <laughs> and the, really, the dynamic between you know Vince, Mike, and the occasional Alex was was pretty good. Oh, it was great. And hey. then them not having a place to go, and then bringing bringing the show over here after the fucking Horbid debacle, which no one even probably knows what the fuck Horbid is. So. No, not anymore. Yeah, that's they're like, okay, what's that? I'm like, oh, it was another fucking website. I guess websites come and go like crazy because. Not to get off topic, look at how many have died from 2010 till now. Right, right. You figure if you're 16 and you're listening to this, you probably never even heard of Shock Till You Drop. No. You've never heard of Horbid, never heard of Dread Central. Maybe you've heard of Dread Central. You probably go to Bloody Disgusting. Yeah. Which, that site, half of it's real and half of it's fucking fake. Honestly, what pisses me off about them is just instead of just reporting news, like I'll see articles of I hated this movie and this is why it's like, I don't give a fuck about what your opinion is. Tell me about what's coming out or or stuff like that. Don't don't share your opinion like it's news. I'm sorry, but I don't give a shit or the hype up shit that, you know, isn't going to be good. And (laughs) And same with like the Dark Tower shit. Oh my god! Like Stephen, like Stephen King, go out like, "Don't worry, this one is definitely gonna be good." Like, dude, they paid you to say that. Yeah, because it wasn't fucking good. That's a terrible fucking movie. I never even bothered to watch it. It looks oh, so me fucking neither. bad. I, I I grabbed the highlights. I got the gist of it. It sucked. <laughs> but I'm not gonna sit there and watch it all the way through. So, which left me whenever it came out. And he's like, no, it's definitely, like, okay, I might have lied about the last one, but no, for real, this one's going to be good. You're like, well, I can't really fucking trust your word. And that comes from a guy who thinks the fucking Shining sucks. Yeah, that's true. Which is fucking mind-blowing. He's like, I hate the Shining. He doesn't hate the Shining. He hates fucking Kubrick. Those two just didn't get along. Plus, That's all that is. I think the fact that Kubrick kind of changed up his story and it's so wildly successful, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, how would you feel if somebody took your work and, like, made it better? And then everybody talked about how great it was? And, like, oh, fuck you. I wrote it. Yeah, no, <laughs> yours was good. It was, yeah, it was great. But, I mean, it's Kubrick and his is just phenomenal. Yeah. And that's why he's like, you know what? Well, that movie sucks anyway. <laughs> so if you like it, you don't really like me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to write my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it's like he's a very good actor, too. Like him as Jordy Verrill is really fucking good. And him as a director, which I don't even know why he doesn't like this movie. Maximum Overdrive. That's like one of my favorite movies. And he hates it. Uh, probably because he was so coked up, he doesn't remember any of it. Yeah, he said that a lot in interviews. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just fucking so coked out. He's like, I'm like this. Let's do this. Let's do this. But it, it's a good movie with a good fucking soundtrack, man. 
It, it is a good B movie, and that fucking soundtrack is awesome. You got cars killing people and ACDC <laughs> playing in the background. I mean, what the fuck? Like, how, yeah, how can you like, go it's wrong? Not, yeah, you're not going to go wrong. Like, did you want to <laughs> see cars kill people? Yes. Do you like ACDC? Yes. Okay, here you go. Like, it just hits every fucking thing you could want in a movie like that. Oh, absolutely. Which, speaking of movies that I want, what are we, like, almost 20 years now? And we're finally getting the third part to the, uh, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, the clan of the fucking Fireflies. Yeah, we're finally getting maybe the conclusion to the trilogy. I think this has to be a definitive one. Only I say this only because Sid is getting old. Well, you say definitive. I mean, Devil's Rejects felt pretty fucking definitive to me. I'm curious how they're going to retcon that ending. Oh, I know exactly how they're going to do it. They got they... shot to shit, and they go over, and they're like, they're still fucking alive. I got a pulse on this one. I got a pulse on this one, too. Ambulance picks them up, takes them to the hospital. They're in a like, coma for six months. And then once they're finally healed and stuff, now they're in jail and on trial. Yeah, which, if they go that simple route, I'm cool with that. I really am. Yeah. And I kind of like the just this Manson vibe I'm getting from it. From yeah. everything that's released and everything, I think that's really what he's channeling with this is just the Manson trial and all that. It feels... Like, like he's trying to trick us, though. Like, you think, like, this whole thing's going to take place with them in jail and stuff. But I bet you that they get out of jail. I guarantee it. Like, the, the movie wouldn't be good if it just took place, you know, that end scening, them getting arrested. And, it, and it's going to be, like, either extra family members that we don't know about or friends of the family that break them out. No, here, here let me go out on a limb. I'm going to speculate. It's going to be almost like a cult following thing, like how Manson got the followers and more and more people were really going to the courthouse and, and acting strange. I think the uh-huh. fo- the Firefly clan is going to start to develop followers from all this publicity that they're going to be getting. I mean, even in the latest shot that we got, you know, you, you see baby and she's walking and she has a T-shirt on that says free baby. Yeah. Yeah, well, so somebody had to make that for her and send it in. Right. So I'm thinking that that's something that we're going to see. Probably, you know, middle of the second act, they get out, and then chaos ensues. Hopefully. I hope that the chaos ensues, and I really hope... I, I read a couple bullshit articles about how Sid Haig has a slightly diminished role in this one. I don't see how... If he came back to do this, dude, there's no way he's going to be like, oh, I'll do it, but by the way, I'm too old to do this and this. Like, Sid is a fucking trooper. He will do whatever you ask of him. Right, but maybe that's just what what uh, Rob has written. Maybe he's just, you know, pretty much confined to a, a, a hospital bed. I mean, we don't know how this is going to play out, so that might just be part of his role. See, that would be cool if he's still in, like, a coma or something, and right. those two escape, and then they when they get there, he wakes up. Yeah, we gotta get Dad the... out or whatever. Yeah. That would be awesome. You know what I'm actually really hoping? That I, somehow I'm... they bring Tiny back. No, no. I mean, I, I feel like Tiny's dead. I'm really hoping they bring back Dr. Satan. Dude, I was hoping that, too. 
I was thinking that they would go a Dr. Satan route with it. But then with them releasing the pictures and shit with them in jail, I was like, well, that kind of, you know, scraps any idea like that. I mean, uh, I'm still, it still gets me. I really, really wish that cutscene of Dr. Satan was yes. included in Devil's Rejects. Like, my whole thing is, yeah, I, 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 I get that it doesn't really fit the tone of the movie. But if you slap that in after the credits, that thing's fucking. Oh, dude, that is a good stinger right at the end of the movie after the credits. Yeah. I mean, just shoot the hallway scene again because that cop's obviously dead. But another one was talking about these freaks and, well, we still have this one. And you walk in and it's Dr. Satan. And then he cuts Rosario's throat and then, boom, cut back to black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Dr. Satan getting caught. Okay, whatever, I'll buy that, but then he does escape. Or even I don't if know. he's just I'm brought just, up in I'm this happy. I hope so. I'm happy that at least I'm getting another one. I'm, she... I'm, I'm hoping it's good. I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm optimistic. Let's put it that way. Well, we didn't get, even get a chance to talk about this one. Uh, 31, did you see it? Of course I saw it. I actually saw it when it was doing its uh, limited theatrical run. Oh, did you? Uh... <laughs> Funny story. Um, I purchased tickets in advance. All right, mm. and then obviously we're talking about it, and then I realize it's only showing. I think we had to go to Pittsburgh to see it, and it's only showing on our anniversary. It's like fuck, and I already had the ticket, so it's just like, hey, guess what? We're doing for our anniversary, honey. Yeah, that'd have been fucking a funny anniversary. <laughs> She went with it. She was cool about it. Oh, did you enjoy it? Um, I I like it. It's not his best. I actually think it's towards the bottom of of his work. Yeah, it's it, no, it's not his best, but I would say it's the middle. Uh, it, it just I, felt to me like Rob was kind of hurt after you know Lords of Salem and his hockey film failing and he was just kind of like you know what this is what you fucking want this is what you think I can do this is all I can do well fuck you here it is yeah and you know what I was like I fucking loved it (laughs) I was like good I'm like you know what it's not a bad thing to be good at one thing you're really good at crazy motherfuckers chopping people up and chasing them and telling a story like that's not a bad thing you shouldn't be ashamed of it. You know how many people out there try to do what you do, but don't because they can't? Really? See, you, you say that, but I absolutely love Lords of Salem. Like, that is my favorite Rob Zombie film. It's really good till that ending. I I wish he got to make more like that. Mm. That's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. Because it's, dude, the whole story... It's very good. It's honestly, it's the last 10 minutes that I'm just like, fuck. I, and I've even watched it twice. Like, I watched it the first time. I was like, fuck, I don't like this. And I'm like, I'll watch it again. Maybe my opinion changed. No, I don't like it. <laughs> it was maybe last Halloween. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to sit down and watch it again. I'm like, this time I'm going to pay really close attention. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be really into it. And again, when we get to the little tree monster... I'm just like, fuck, man, this ending sucks. Oh, like, it's just I, I a bad, it. bad fucking ending. 
I, I I love Rob getting into that like sixties seventies vibe and really just ignoring the exploitation shit that he's so known for and doing more subtle stuff. I I love everything about that film. Yeah, see, well, I I can't really disagree because uh, well, I do enjoy most of the film, but it's like you could have did just something a little bit better for the ending. Just like I'm not even asking for like more gore or anything. No, I I I really like that film. I I think there's just so many interesting and deep layers to it that Rob hasn't really attempted before, and I think he's a little hurt by the reception of that one, and then the fact that he couldn't get out of horror and into the that hockey film that he wanted to make. Yeah, you know, I was actually looking forward to that. I was like, you know, I was something too. that's not even horror. Let's see how this goes. Right. And you know, for a while, he's been trying to get out. I mean, he wanted to make that uh, that Nails movie that he was a comic book. He That was the whole reason he returned to Halloween was he got that deal to make Nails. And then they're just kind of like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but 31, I think, is a good middle place well see i really like the halloween movies too so i, really I can't like say that. it's middle I, it, it's really towards the bottom for me yeah. i can't say that i hate it it's just not his strongest work at all no but the characters are good i i enjoy the build-up i like i like the uniqueness of his characters right i'll give it's you that, that you know what i mean like, it's never like, oh, I've seen this character before. Because I have him. I have not seen this girl who's, like, in her early 50s who looks fucking fantastic hanging around a truck stop to check on people to see if they have weapons or anything because later that night they're going to kidnap him and play a fucking killing game with him. Right, like, right. that's a very unique killer. Fucking Richard Brake. Fuck. Dude, he did great. And it really, I think the uh, the midget was my favorite character, and a lot of people hated that. But that uh, Poncho Morallo? Yeah, I didn't have a problem with him. I thought he was uh, an interesting character. I would have liked a little more of him. Yeah. But no. uh, I didn't want him to die. Sickhead? Oh, yes. my God. Stole that fucking show. Dude, the two brothers, the fucking circus tent and everything? Yeah. Like, that is great. Like, that's what... The the German, like. the big German dude. Oh, the big fucking yeah, yeah. That dude is funny. I like whenever they, you know, he grab they grab up the girl. I can't remember her name. I know she does a lot of voices. Like, yeah, I can't remember her name for either. cartoons yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but the when they grab her, and, yeah, and when they grab her up and they do the whole little standoff thing, that's good. Better part is whenever they uh, sit down and they're like, "Fuck it, I gotta eat." <laughs> the Jamaican dude, and then they're eating their friend. Like, it's some sick shit. And I like yeah. the gambling, too. I like how they bet on it. Yeah, I, I, I did appreciate that aspect, that the rich were just controlling it. And and uh, uh, I did I did even like the ending, how it was just that kind of classic standoff. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was like, ugh, didn't like the ending. After my fifth viewing, I was like, Fifth, holy shit, man. I was like, I couldn't have ended it better. I was like, it's perfect. I'm like, this is the, <laughs> this is the way it should end. I love it. it. Dude, it even made me bump the fucking... 
Like, I think when it first came out, first viewing, I was, like, at, like, a 7. Now I have it up to, like, an 8.5. Just because uh, each time I watch it, I'm like, I notice shit. And I'm like, you know what? It's better than I thought. I, I would have to watch it again. I haven't watched it since the festival. Because, like I said, I, towards it's towards the bottom for me. However, my, my fiancé... Uh, she actually said it's one of his best films. She really liked it, so. Really? See, that's taste. <laughs> you picked them well. <laughs> she has great taste. Because that is a fucking good movie. And, but that's what I want. Like, there's no other... The only other dude that's making movies I want to see is Adam Green. And the the new Hatchet movie? Oh, speaking of that, we didn't get to fucking talk about that. Well, there's no, a lot of shit we didn't get to talk about. But I do want to talk about Friday the 13th. Before we dive into that, though, did you like the new Hatchet, the Victor Crowley? I did. Um, I didn't love it. I mean, for as big of a fan as the Hatchet series as I am, I didn't love it. Um, it's it, it's right around where part two is for me. Yeah. I, a uh, lot of it has to do with the way it's shot. Well, I, I think the limitation was just its budget. Yeah. And... and I, I can't fault anyone for that. If it had a a, a larger budget, it would have probably been fantastic. Oh, it would, dude, the story's there, everything's there. It's just yeah, budget and the way they filmed it. Which actually, you know, I had I had it coming in at like a seven, and I was like, that's not bad. Then I watched it again, watched it again, watched it with the the commentary, and after getting the insight of like how like how much shit he went through just to get this one made. I was like, fuck, man. I get it. And you know what? Let, letting it go of, like, letting the budget go and just focusing on what we got. Again, I bumped it up to, like, an eight. And, and I, I really want to sit down at some point and just work my way through the entire franchise and really just re-experience it. Because, um, once again, I saw that on, on uh, its festival tour. Uh, I did the whole VIP thing. Um got to meet Adam and the signed poster and everything. And it, it was really cool. Got a front row seat. Uh, thanks to one of our listeners who was there. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, I, I did enjoy the film. It was a hell of a lot of fun. And, and the thing that I love most about it is what Adam went out of his way to do. He surprised us with it. And that just does not happen anymore. And I honestly just want, more of that yeah. you know what what I, okay going back a couple years i was so fucking psyched when all of a sudden it was just like hey guess what blair witch trailer what <gasps> and then i'm telling you right now if if we didn't get all this halloween stuff i know i said i'm not talking about it but just just case in point if we didn't get all this shit and then all of a sudden you know august was just here, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it was just like, "Hey, guess what? Trailer! Boom. Here's a Halloween trailer." Yeah, yeah. And it'd be like, "Oh my god, a Halloween!" <gasps> Dude, and then I, you I, you have Laurie Strode's opening the trailer of just like her talking. You're like, "Wait, yeah. what the fuck?" Yeah, and then you're like, "Oh shit, what's going on here?" Yeah, what? that would really, dude. I probably would be super hyped for that. Yeah, because that, it would have caught me off guard. Yeah, that's what I want. I like. I know. Okay, with Friday the 13th, if, like, after the lawsuit and everything settled, 
you know, if, if we don't hear about it and then all of a sudden, you know, I go to see uh, The Purge 13. I yeah. don't know. And I'm sick of the fucking Purge movies, too. I haven't watched any of them. Dude, wait. <laughs> well, you're not missing anything because, okay, if, if a movie's called The Purge and it's a movie about killing people, why the fuck do we only focus on the stories about the people who don't want to kill people <laughs> and who want to fucking save everybody from The Purge? Anyway, if I go to the theater for whatever generic horror movie and, you know, I'm just sitting there and you know, the trailer starts playing and it's just a lake and you hear you hear the, the crane. It's like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden, yeah, and a little glimpse of a mask. I would instantly be hard. Like, yeah, that's the best way to do it. Oh, my God. Don't tell anybody shit. Make the movie like, dude, Adam did it perfectly. Yeah, I I love that. We're going to watch the same movie, Psych, I made a fucking fourth one. Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. I love, love that. Uh, And it it honestly gets me excited. And I hate, hate, hate how things are being done now, where it's just like, hey, guess what? Here's a new photo every single fucking day. And here's the the plot synopsis. You don't get the whole thing, but here's the core of it. And then guess what? Here's a trailer that gives almost every detail. And then chill the fuck out. Jesus Christ, let me watch the movie first before you tell me all about it. Yeah, I already know what's going to happen in Avengers 4. Ah, no, don't want to hear it, man. (laughs) It's actually pretty cool. I got an idea, and I don't want it ruined, because that's... Honestly, I think that might be my favorite movie-going experience, was uh, Infinity War, so... Yeah, I did like it. Oh my god, so fucking good. Uh, It made up for a lot of the previous bullshit that I've sat through. From both camps, from DC, from Marvel, this actually Honestly... Since last we talked, I, I, I've firmly moved into the fuck DC camp. Yeah. Now, after Justice League. Oh, what and, a fucking train wreck that was. But then you have directors going out and saying shit before they should even say shit. Like, oh, well, I don't want him to be my Batman stuff. Like, dude, you realize Justice League is opening in a week, right? So why the <laughs> fuck would you say that? That kind of turned me off right from the very beginning. You can't say, well, no, we don't like anybody that's in Justice League. We're probably going to recast and do something totally different now. And be like, but go see Justice League. It's great. (laughs) But I'm thinking after this is where I kind of check out of the superhero shit. Like, of course, I I watched the Ant-Man. I wasn't that impressed with Spider-Man Homecoming. I I didn't like it. I thought Keaton did a great job. Oh, he did. He did. I I thought all the acting was good. I just, I didn't like the movie. I thought it was not a good enough balance of superhero and high school drama. And I actually like my superheroes, shockingly, to be heroic. And yeah. actually You know do what? Some That's shit. really good. Like you really fucking nailed that one there. That's exactly what I how I feel about that one. Yeah, I I I get that a lot of people loved it and stuff. I just I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't my thing. Deadpool. Like, you know what? Deadpool I'll stick around if they make another one. I fucking I enjoy I both of those, I thought they were really good. But DC, I've completely given up on. I haven't even gone to the theater for like the last two or three. Um, I watched uh, uh, Justice League, just being curious, on Blu-ray. No, 4K, sorry. And God, what a fucking mess that was. So yeah, I am just done. Yeah, it's a waste I, of I'm money. I'm not going back. <laughs> Wasting your money. 
they want me to invest in something that they don't even have. You're selling me on a, on a universe and stuff that you're not even sure exists, that you're not even sure you have. It, like, no, fuck you. That's the one thing that fucking Marvel has done better. Oh, It's like, hands. gave me a full universe. Yeah, sure. Thor might have sucked, but at least it fit into the universe and made sense. But the third Thor was fucking dope. That's the best Thor movie of them all. Uh, eh. It is. There's I know a- everyone says that. It's better I, than one, I, and it's better than two. One was okay, two. but two. Fun. I really liked two. No way. That's yeah, the worst one. I liked that darker, more serious tone. Mm. And then this one was just like, "Hey, you remember Guardians? You really yeah. like Guardians, yeah. right?" That's. I think well, that's why Thor's it's so now good. Into Guardians. Hey, do you like it's, Guardians? It's, Here's some more fucking joke. Guardians. And I'm sitting here like, "Wait, what happened to the dark tone? Where'd that go? Why is he cracking jokes? What the fuck?" They're like, fuck this. We we went into DC territory. Lighten it up. Yeah. Okay. I kind of get that. I just, I really, that's what resonated with me was that dark tone with Thor. I thought that fit perfectly. Apparently, I'm in the minority because everyone hates that one. So. Yeah. I, was, I fucking, I was pissed after I watched it. Yeah. The first one was too campy. Like, I enjoy that on a level of like, God, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, same with like Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is fucking terrible. Eh, yeah. It is. It's a very, yeah, very bad movie. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I would just say it's not the best. Oh, well, that's being very kind. That's that's being very Well, you know what? You're not the best, but could always be worse. Yeah, yeah. You could be any DC movie. Yeah. Really at this point. <laughs> I mean from the fucking turn of the century up till now, they have not really done anything uh, too fantastic. But their TV shows are, were kind of good. I checked out of those too. I except for until, Legends of Tomorrow, I still watch that. Up until I lost my my reliable internet, I was keeping up with the Flash and. Uh, well, mostly the Flash, but yeah, I was I was gonna try Supergirl, but I've lost reliable internet, and I Dude, just I, f- I feel I so bad for that show that I'll put it on in the background, just because <laughs> like it's like I I really want you to succeed, and I really hope, like you know, you can come up with a good story, but you fucking suck. But I'll leave, I'll, but I'll let you know Supergirl. Oh okay, and I'm like, but I'll put it on. Try to help you out ratings wise. Doesn't mean I'm watching it. I put it on in I'll the background. You, yeah. God. Oh, God. Oh, you're, you're making it really hard. fucking hard. <laughs> but Arrow, I fucking hate Arrow. I would love to get that show off the air. I uh, I never really got into that. I like really the I Flash, like the Flash and Legends. And this last season of Flash, I was like, oh, I'm done. I I tried Legends and I just couldn't get into it. It was just too corny. Yeah, I like time travel. If you have a time machine, dude, I'm I'm with you for the fucking ride. It's, well, time travel's fucking awesome. Yeah, so. a- anything time travel. Not one time travel movie can I say that I hated. <laughs> and there's ones that I know that probably aren't that good, but it's fucking time travel. I liked it. I like that one where they built the time machine, dude, from Fast and Furious, and they go back to like the King Arthur times with Paul Walker. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I enjoyed that one. That one was good. Yeah. It's a little corny, but I like it. Fucking kid in King Arthur's court. He time travels. 
that's that kid from American Pie, and you know he plays the baseball pitcher, the little kid who gets the ability to throw the fastball. Yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. Uh, yeah, no, I'm kind of kind of draw the line there. Yeah, it's not a good movie, but I still watch it. <laughs> still do. How about that guy that's trying to muscle over the rights for the Friday the Thirteenth franchise? Yeah, what the fuck is that? I mean, come on. This is nonsense. I agree. But I get the like how it plays out with the with the new law and how you know, a creator can reclaim ownership of their works twenty years later. Like Which I think that's a good law. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, that. I don't I don't disagree with that because look, the filming is now started on the new Terminator movie because Cameron got back the rights. Which I I hope's good. I, again, time travel and robots, I'm in. I mean, in all honesty, I say that, but I have enjoyed and liked every Terminator film, except yeah. for part three. Yeah, I'd say three is like my least favorite, but I still watch it and I own it. So, yeah, I mean, like it, it might be bad, but it's it's still good. Yeah, I I, I oddly know exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, but Friday the Thirteenth, dude wants it back. That's fine. And what everybody seems to be getting like confused about here is like the legality of the character of Jason. That's yeah. Not, he was not created there. Yeah, so that's he's not in jeopardy. So everybody keeps putting out this false information. You you even got the guys that made the Friday the Thirteenth game, which well you fucked up there by calling it the Friday the Thirteenth game. So the dude who did create Friday the 13th, you know, the original one where the mom's a killer, Pamela Voorhees, all that shit. Yeah, you're going to end up having to pay this dude if he wins. But as far as making movies and stuff, really the Friday the 13th title hasn't been an issue since New Line got the, got the rights because they just called it Jason. They called it Jason Goes to Hell. Then they said Jason X. Then Freddy versus Jason. The character of Jason isn't in jeopardy here. And isn't like they couldn't make it. The only thing they couldn't do is like mention his mother. Or the, the backstory. Anything from the original Friday the 13th. Or use the title Friday the 13th. Right. But if I said, okay, who wants to see a new Jason movie? Everybody will say, oh, I know exactly what that is. Exactly. Like, I mean, I don't know what he's really hoping to get out of this besides royalties, I guess. And even that's not going to last long because the dude's like 80. But I... Really, I I mean, best case scenario for him, he wins the case. What does he do then? Does he... Because, God, I hope he doesn't try and write the next one. No offense. No one, no, there, no studio would be like, okay, Victor Miller, the guy who wrote the very first fucking Friday the 13th and now has the rights back to this title. Here's, right. you know, $20 million, make another Friday the 13th. Right. Like, no. Like, he can, he could license it to a studio, That's, I guess. Yeah. But past that, he he's going to write it himself, get some funding and, and get some, you know, low budget people to make. Uh, uh, another Friday the 13th, and what's he going to do, retell the story? Yeah. Remake it himself? No, he's not going to do it. I mean, I don't know what you do if he wins. 
I don't know, maybe he has a family, maybe he's trying to get money, you know, for his family, which I respect that. Yeah, I've got nothing against that, I'm just, I'm confused what the end goal is here. Yeah, there, there's no, like, set, like, he doesn't seem to have a defined goal, like, what is the end game? What do you plan on doing? If anything, he should just hand the rights over to him, whatever, and then he licenses it to New Line for up until he dies plus 20 years. Okay, yeah. so that gives whoever the fuck you're related to, whatever kids you got, they're gonna get royalties and shit for the next twenty fucking years, or it could be for the rest of their lives, because they wouldn't have to do shit; they would just have to work out a deal for you know that next year of licensing the title Friday the Thirteenth and a character of Pamela Voorhees, what Camp Crystal Lake, and whatever. Whatever else is in that first movie that I'm forgetting to cover. But as far as the character of Jason, the hockey mask, and all that shit... Dude, New Line is definitely putting together a new movie. And they're definitely going to try and hit that 40-year mark. Which would be two years from now. 2020. It might not be called Friday the 13th, but it will be a Jason hockey mask... You know, red chevron marks, killing people in fucking forest green. Yeah, I'm curious what you do with that. I mean, if if you're losing the rights to Friday the 13th and you get Jason, I mean, do, do you just kind of ignore the backstory and move forward like everyone knows? Do you kind of retell some kind of Jason story? I'm just curious what you do with that. I mean, everybody knows the backstory. So you just started out, you just call Jason Returns. And you started out at the same way they always do. A camp. And it can't be it could be Camp Force Green, which would be funny because I kinda like that name. And that, you know, that goes right back to into the series. Yeah, I, I can get behind something like that. I'm just saying, you know, the, the overall thing just kinda confuses me, but you you're right. I mean Jason. Like, would they has... explain the backstory? Would there be that campfire scene where they're like the little boy who drowned here and his mom went crazy? I, I think you need that, but you're right. Jason is in the zeitgeist. At least people know what Jason looks like. Yeah, they kind of have an idea. I think you should have that campfire tale just to, to, to kind of put it over to to really cement that idea for the, the you know the twelve year old kid that's seeing it for the first time and this is his first horror film. I mean, you, you know, could you, you could retell that story by recapping like two, three. Four, six, you know what I mean? Yeah, Without just do even it loose. mentioning the mom. Yeah, just do it loose, you know, campfire tale. Yeah. It's not a difficult task. Yeah. But I like how, like, other sites, like, again, bloody disgusting, how that stupid fucking shitty video game would come out Friday the 13th, the game. Hey man, I'm 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 still excited about that game. That's the only reason that I almost bought a console and still want to buy one. Yeah, two years and I still don't and like I'm just getting single player, like an offline mode for the Xbox. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I guess better late than never, but f- fuck that game. Those dudes were in over the head from the beginning. It looks awesome. No, it does. It, it is a cool game, but the, like the actual functionality and the practicality of these dudes executing the idea yeah i've heard it's buggy but i i i still support it and love the concept and i i i get it and the fact that it's so successful i kind of hope some company out there is like hmm 
there's a Halloween movie coming out. Fucking rock Maybe. stars should do it. Yeah, I'm just saying, how awesome would that be that to coincide this this fall or even next fall, we get a Halloween game? Dude, that would be awesome. Right, where you could play as, you know, uh, Dr. Loomis or yeah, you know, depending on what timeline you follow. That I could put in my console and be like, okay, this time I want to be Loomis. Or if I always want to kill people, I want to be able to just put the disc in and fucking murder motherfuckers. Yeah, just wander around yeah. the, the open world of Haddonfield. Yeah. Which, again, you know what? Now that I say that, uh, Rockstar would be the best company to uh, to do that. Which yeah. I get that, and I, I think that would be awesome, but it, it just seems like games more and more are just moving to an online thing. Yeah, I don't mind playing online with people. Because there's that, like, I like the uh, Left 4 Dead game. Right, like, and obviously, you know, like, Michael's power would be blending into the shadows yeah. and blah, blah, blah. See, the cool thing is, is Michael Myers is on that game. And you can just stalk people and, like, ramp up your, like, your kill ability and stuff. <laughs> because that's, uh, like, again, it was fun, but it's not what I wanted. I want something like Friday the 13th, but where I don't have to necessarily get online. And where I could wander around the camp, watch people, you know, pick people off. Right. Here, here's here's my wet dream. I know it'll never happen, but my wet dream would be, you know, an open world where all the shit exists. Yeah, you know, where there's Chucky, there's Freddy, there's Michael and Jason and fucking Pinhead and the Alien and Predator. Like you name it, and it's fucking in this world. You know, make Skyrim for. Uh, the the horror dude that would be fucking dope. But if you could do something like that and make like you know, uh, Springwood bordering, you know, Camp Crystal Lake, down the road there's you know, have a hell level pinhead and all that shit. Yeah, if you dude, die, you you go to hell. Yeah, there's so much you could like the potentials unlimited. You could winter in the Overlook. Oh shit, that'd be cool. Be running from you know Jack Torrance and the ghosts. Yeah, the possibilities the for that and, is yeah. fucking endless. But the the rights possibilities make it impossible. Yeah, and yeah, to circle around back to the rights thing, there's no reason getting upset over just a, a title of Friday the Thirteenth. No, I like it. Just confuses me. I get that it's a cash grab, but it just confuses me. I don't know what his end goal is because let's face facts. I mean. The first one's good, but he's he's not a great writer. No one's going to be like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's making a new Friday the 13th. I have to go see it. Oh, wait. I can't go to the theater? Well, um, shit. It's I have on to, YouTube well, Red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, that I mean, that sounds funny, but Karate Kid was really good. I like that. I still haven't watched it. Dude, it's fucking good. If you get a chance, just do the free, one month free. You'll knock that thing out in maybe like four hours. It's not that long. Okay. Like, they're little, like, 22-minute episodes, maybe half hour. You'll, you'll knock it out so fast, and you'll be like, fuck, man, I needed that. Because <laughs> I did. I was like, you know what? I wish somebody would make, like, a true sequel. And they did. True fucking sequel to Karate Kid. And it's perfect. 
See, that's awesome because I used to really love that franchise as a kid. Yeah. The only one I didn't really care for was the next Karate Kid. Well, I mean, no I've, one cared for that I've one. I've watched it probably a dozen times. But it's still like, eh, whatever. Fuck it, Mr. Miyagi's in it, and I'll watch it. Then I watch <laughs> it, and I'm like, this one sucks. Yeah, it's, it's not good. The only thing I really remember about that one is the Buddhist monks. I, I can only remember her fighting the dude in the ROTC program and jumping on the hood. I and don't I've, even really I've, remember Dude, that. I've literally watched that movie over 12 times. I can't tell you shit about it. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. No, here's what's crazy. What do you think the future of this show is going to be? Another fucking awesome segue, man. Right? I um, fucking lose it. I don't know, to be honest. Uh, I, I want there to be a future. I want it to keep going. Um, like Like we said at the beginning of this segment... I, I, I like doing the interviews. I have no problem continuing to do that. Uh, but I really, I, I, I have no concept, but I just want it to be fun and I want it to keep going. Yeah. You know, same here. Like, I love the show. I love the idea of the show. I love the interviews, but sometimes it's like, oh, man, it's a fucking pain in the ass to do this. To sit here, you know, have, you have to have something to talk about. It's hard to just come on and be like... I have nothing to talk about. Oh, I have nothing either. All right, well, let's just make some shit up. Because then it's either going to be really good or it's going to be really fucking bad. I I don't think Mike and myself have really ever had that problem. I I think we're always able to to dive into stuff. And that's not saying that me or Mike's always going to be a part of it, but I I want it to to keep going. Um, That's not saying that I have any plans of leaving or kicking Mike off. Um which uh, we might have to talk after this, Rich. But anyway. It's Michael J. I mean, he's good in small doses. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I really don't have any, you know, future plans for it. Uh, I, I just want to keep trying to deliver quality. You know, we're, we're doing great interviews. Uh, I think uh, our conversations are... are Definitely something different because it's not just horror based. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about anything and everything. That is true, and I think that's always been something for Rabbit and Red. It's it's always horror has always been the heart of it, but not necessarily. But it's never just yeah. been that. See, that's I, I would even if I'm not involved, I would still like to sh- see the show continue because I mean, fuck, you know, you you get used to seeing something. So it would be a shame, like, if the show was ever just, like, for real die. Like, it, it's died, but it's been, like, fake death. It's been put, put on hold. It went to sleep for a yeah, little bit. it takes naps. Yeah. <laughs> and then it comes back. But, yeah, even if I'm not doing interviews, which I still at this point don't miss. I don't miss <laughs> doing that yet. And I, and I don't miss the, ah, fuck, it's Friday. Gotta sit down and do this. Don't miss that yet either. But this was good. Because it's been so right. long. Yeah, and you know, I, I really just have to thank you for actually officially being the first one to bring me into Rabbit Red. That's true, huh? Yeah, because I had guested on before when it was Vince and, you know, this and that, but it was actually you were the first one to bring me on as a co-host of Rabbit Red. And I, I really have to thank you for that because, you know, uh, 
for our time, I, I loved the shows we did. I, oh, I thought fuck, we did yeah. some really great stuff. We had great conversations, uh, fantastic reviews, and uh, we we did interesting stuff like the writers' corner. I fucking love the writers' corner is my shit. Or, I think or, we came up with a lot of ideas, and I think a lot of people stole some of those ideas. I've showed <laughs> you multiple trailers that have come out months later after we pitched ideas. I'm like, dude, you pitched this. <laughs> or even just the, the debates that we had. You know, I, I enjoyed all of that. I had a hell of a lot of fun. And at that point in time, you know, I, I was hosting another show, co-hosting, you know, uh, Grave shift. It's uh, there was a lot on my plate, but you know it was always fun to sit down and you know get into Rabbit and Red. Like I said, so, you're you. good at what you do. You're good. You're able to sit there and talk, keep pace, and you watch current shit. I try to. It's, it's getting harder and harder, man. It is. But this was uh, good, man. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I thank you for bringing me into this and, uh, I thank you for coming back. It, it was a lot of fun to kind of relive our history of rabbit and red. Yeah, it's nice, but I do, I look forward to the next segments. I look forward to, I really hope that Vince and Alex and Mike all get together and do one because that would well, be interesting to hear, you know, eight years, what those three bring to the table now, what the fuck would they talk about? It'll most certainly be interesting. But as always, I'm Rich Stow. This might be the last time you hear my voice on the show, or it might not be. So until then, take care, everybody.
That was horrible. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.